Yes, yes, y'all. Welcome, welcome to the two-way, the WFS podcast, a.k.a. Wave of the Few Shore. We are a sports and entertainment podcast featuring yours truly, Ed James, and my main man. It's Mr. Trey M. Yes, live from the 210, y'all. We're very excited about this. Yes, sir. Something we've been wanting to do for a long time. How you doing, sir? Oh, man, I can't complain, man. I'm doing wonderful. I'm excited. Very excited for today. I'm ready to knock this out. Like you said, it's been a long time coming for this, man. Getting this out to the world. So uh, just excited to do it, man. Excited to come in here and talk some sports, talk some entertainment. Yes. It's going to be a fun time, man. (laughs) Mannertainment. Shout out to Mike Taylor out here in San Antonio. You ever listen to Mike Taylor? Nah, man, honestly. Oh, my gosh, dude. He, He used to be on the TV. Not TV, excuse me. He was on the radio, local local uh sports uh personality hmm. and he quit radio he's doing his own podcast the voice does not match the face <laughs> he's got such like I, I don't know he's just got that voice <laughs> you know and then you see him and you're like he looks little <laughs> <laughs> not that i'm a big guy but no mike mike taylor's great if you get a chance check him out so we got something lined up special for y'all today we are going to do a prediction the cowboys and eagles here in week 14 that game, the night game on uh, NBC at 720 Central. Prime time. Prime time. Uh, we're going to do a deep dive on the NBA in-season tournament. Yes. And uh, spoiler alert, we both got some takes that are a little hot. Yeah, we got some things to say about that one, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And then uh, we're going to end with the entertainment portion. We're going to do a review of the Little Brother documentary, May the Lord Watch. Spoiler alert. It's damn good. It is. Watch it. Especially if you're a Little Brother fan. If you're a fan of hip-hop in general. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. If you're a hip-hop fan, man, watch that. You got uh, it. We'll, we'll talk about it here in a little bit. Uh, kind of dive into it a bit. But just something you should have on your ra- radar if you are uh, consider yourself a hip-hop connoisseur. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, man. But uh, as mentioned before, I'm Edge James. Some people call me E. Some people call me other names. Don't call me late for dinner. <laughs> producer and uh host of this podcast wave of the future and dad mode and you my brother oh man you know me i'm uh here host of wfs and uh the newly introduced two-way uh, that y'all be seeing a lot more of uh just uh the regular guy you know little 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 rapper little, little, little artiste in that sense yeah. you know uh, check me on the mic but you know hey, that's what we do that's what we do baby yeah, we both were both MCs, musicians, dads, sports enthusiasts, hardworking men. Uh, I'm I'm gonna pat our own backs and say good men <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Um, so before we get right into it, let's give a shout out to uh, one third of WFS, Mr. Carr. His family's going through some stuff right now. We love you, man. We miss you, man. Oh, yeah, man. It's, you know, like I said, we're excited to do this, but it's still not the same uh, yeah. without without Carr here. Um, fun to branch off from WFS, but uh, just well wishes to him and his family, man. Always in our thoughts, always in our prayers. And can't wait to have you back, brother. Can't yeah, wait. man. We love you, bro. We love you. So, Pigskin. Let's do this. Let's do it. Let's dive right in, man. So we got the nine and three Dallas Cowboys facing the divisional leader. They're both in the NFC East. Um, the mm-hmm. Eagles, who are 10, 10 and, and two. two. Yeah, this is going to be a big game, man. It's a huge game. Huge game. Huge. Uh, for I'm a Cowboys fan. Just put it right out there. Um, so, I, I like the Texans too, though. I got a love for both. It's, it's it's Texas State, baby. I'm yeah. not as much of a Texans fan, but there's reasons for that we can dive into later. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's it's a big game, man. If the Cowboys have any any hope of winning the NFC East, it boils down to this game right here. There's no way that they win the NFC East if they don't win the game tonight. Oh yeah, I mean this is this is the biggest game. I think of the season for Dallas. Yeah, uh, easily, man. Easily the biggest game. Uh, the only other game that had any type of weight to it was the thrashing we took at the hands of San Francisco. We beat Seattle Seahawks. That was a wonderful game. It was forty-one to thirty-five, I think, uh, just off the top of the head. Uh, yeah. 
just a fantastic game. Offense did its thing. Defense let me down a little bit mm-hmm. in that game. But we showed that we can score with teams that aren't three and eight um, and beat them, you know, beat a team that's not uh, under 500. So us at home against Philly, it's our time to shine. If we don't do it, then I'm not going to lie. As a Cowboys fan, I'm ex- expecting an early first round exit if we lose this game. Yeah. The playoffs. This will be that measuring stick game. Well, you know, and, and the thing the thing about that Seattle game is honestly, I thought they should have won by like a couple of touchdowns. Mm-hmm. They kind of played below their their potential. But sometimes you just do that. You know, as you know, a, a great team could play at the level of their opponents and it's just like, what are you doing? Yeah. You're yeah. better than that. Like why why are you playing at this level? But as you mentioned, offense really showed a lot. Um the defense, as good as it's been for Dallas, still some inconsistencies that worry me. It's like, you know, going into a actual playoff game, chips on the line, what defense are we going to get? Yeah, we got to figure something out because if we're not getting to the quarterback, the, the defense doesn't stand a chance. We're, we're giving yeah. up 30 points. If we, if we don't have three, four sacks in the game, we're not constantly getting that pressure on the quarterback. The defense isn't showing up. Last week, though, we did get a lot of pressure on Geno Smith, and he just played out of his mind. He was getting the ball out. Yeah. He, I don't, I don't, if we had any sacks, maybe we had one out of all the pressures that we had on him. Uh, but we have to, that's just what we're rooted in. We don't stop the run well. We have to get to the quarterback and force him into mistakes. So, uh, luckily, Jalen Hurts is one of the league leaders in turnovers right now. So, yeah. Um, if he, continues that trend and we can get pressure on him. I like our chances in this game. We only lost by, uh, what was it, five or six points when we played them last game? What was the score yeah, last time? I, you know, I should have had that right. No, I have it right here. Uh, <laughs> bear with me. I have it. I have it. I just got to find it. Uh, yeah, it was 23-28 uh, uh, when they played on uh, November 5th. Uh, so, And that's in Philadelphia. So with this one in Dallas, I'm really thinking – do we want to drop the predictions now? I'm just going to drop it. I'm, I'm really thinking a 21 to 31 game Cowboys mm. um, is how I'm thinking this will shake out. Uh, I'm looking at the, yeah, the Seahawks uh, versus Dallas uh, stats. Yeah. One sack for a zero yards loss. Yeah. How we, does that happen? Yeah. But we had a lot of pressures. I think we had a good, we were getting pressure on him a lot. We just couldn't get to him. Right. Gino right. was getting rid of the ball. Uh, DK went off that game too. I was going against him in fantasy. He actually, that game kicked me out of the playoffs in my fantasy league. There were a lot of penalties in that game. Yeah, there were. Seattle had 10 for 130 yards. Dallas had nine for 127 yards. That's another thing we have to fix are yeah. our penalties. And they're not even like, you know, you get the the pass interference when they underthrow the ball. No, our penalties are lining up in the neutral zone and offsides. We get those penalties so much. It's discipline. That, uh, exactly. Penalties, man. And, and it frustrates me. Absolutely. You, you can't pay attention to where you're lining up. You're so anxious to get after the quarterback. Right. Um, we got to cut those off. But if we can do that, we're going up against Philly. They just got thrashed by San Francisco last week. Uh, Philly did. That was a, a disgusting game. That game, it was 19 to 42. So, I mean, San Francisco is looking like the team to beat. Ah, uh, easily. I mean, it, well, at least in the NFC, I mean, you know, I don't want to take anything away from the Chiefs because I mean, they're still the champions. They're the champs. Yeah. yeah, they are still the champions. But um, yeah, San Francisco, like this game is for number two in the NFC because San Francisco is going to get that number one seed. They already oh, beat us. They already beat Philly. Yeah. There's nobody else. I Detroit, I think, is nine and three. Um, there's <laughs> nobody else to really worry about. So if it's San Francisco and then the rest of the field, but yeah, it's still football. Anything can happen. What is, what is San Francisco? Are they, uh, are they They're nine and three, nine and three as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they lost three in a row. They were like five and zero, oh, and then they lost three in a row. They had some injuries. Debo Samuel was hurt and somebody else was hurt. I can't think of off the top of my head, uh, but they're just getting everybody back healthy. And now they're, they're full powered. It's a, who are you going to pick on that team? You have McCaffrey in the backfield. You have Debo Samuel, who and those two are interchangeable. You can line right. up Debo in the backfield and McCaffrey out line. I think the most pressure, in my opinion, is on Philly, just because. Actually, oh, excuse me, I said Philly. The pressure is more on Dallas mm. because they got to win this. Yeah, absolutely. They absolutely. have to win this. They got to split the series to try to get, <laughs> try to win the division. You know. Um, if they can deliver on that, 
I mean, that's that's huge. Um, I think uh, New York and, and New York and Washington, they're like not even close in our division. And, uh, you know, um, we got a we got a live studio audience guest. My man Will's here. He's a big Commanders fan. <laughs> He's probably like, I hate you for bringing him up right I'm now. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's one of those things, man, where like if. I'm telling you, if the defense can stay solid, and I'm I'm worried because Micah Parsons is out right now with the virus. They have him. They gave him the virus. I'm sorry. <laughs> they tried. They, they they didn't try to give him the virus. They gave him the virus. He got a very bad deal. You know, he went to China in the off season. I told him. <laughs> you know, and they they tried. They gave him the kung flu. The kung flu. <laughs> All right. I like it. <laughs> but but no, they have him. They said he still could probably play though. I, if he suits up, he's gonna play. Uh, I don't think there's any question about it in this game with all this magnitude and with the strength of schedule the Cowboys have after this game compared to the Eagles, mm-hmm. we have to win. After this, we play the Bills, we play the Dolphins, we play the Lions. Those are literally the Bills a little fall off this year, but the Dolphins, the best team in the AFC, the Lions are also nine and three in the NFC. Um, and then you get the Commanders to yep uh, to end off the season. Yep. Uh, but the Philly, on the other hand, they're playing the Cardinals, the Giants twice. They play the Giants twice. Oh, come on, man. Um, and then they have the the Seahawks in there, but that just strength of schedule wise, yeah. their last four or five games, you're looking at four wins compared to us. Yeah. Uh, so we have to win out if we want to get that number two spot in the NFC. Um, but we'll see. And we'll see again. I think it's going to be 21, 31 Dallas. 21, 31. That's my go-to for this. Um, I think the defense steps up because they had a bad week last week and the offense just continues to do what it does. Uh, what do you think? I think if uh, score-wise, I'm going to say 20, 24-21. Ooh. I think it's going to be a close one. I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to come down to a field goal. I really do. Um, no, I, I mean, I can see about that. The turnovers with, with Jalen Hurts. I forgot about that. I'm hoping that this is Micah Parsons, Michael Jordan flu game. <laughs> you know, just four sacks, an interception, a yeah, first fumble. Yeah, man. Just, I mean, <laughs> even if he doesn't get any sacks, just make Jalen uncomfortable. Force him to to throw some interceptions, throw the ball away. You know, really just containment. Yeah, that's that, what I'm looking for, man. You're not gonna you're not gonna completely stop Jalen Hurts right now. That dude is with turnovers aside, he's still playing out of his mind. So I think if you just are able to contain him. And just keep them like human. Yeah, you got to keep them one dimensional. That's yes, the thing with him. One dimensional. If they keep him in the pocket, make him a pocket passer. Yeah, he's not the best at that. That's the. It's not a weakness, but it's the weakest aspect of yeah. his game. If you want to kind of put it in that. Right, right, and and we say that respectfully. You know, it's not like we're we're trying to trash him because the dude is nasty. But that is a, a, that is the weaker part of his. That's just his you bad. Pick your poison. You know what I mean? Right. Um, that that's what you're gonna go through. It'll be a good game. I can see it being close. I mean, when we played him in Philly, it was Dak stepping out of bounds on a two-point conversion mm-hmm. and a touchdown being taken away by an inch. Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of swung the game. So it could be close. I'm just hoping Dallas comes out and makes a little bit of a statement. Yeah, That's the name too, of the man. game, man. Uh, me too. We'll see. We'll so, see. Uh, we're going to keep it rolling uh, on all things Texas for just another moment. So we are nearing the end of the, the year. What are your thoughts so far on San Antonio and Mr. Victor Wimbanyama? Also, actually, you know what? Let's just do a quick review of all the Texas basketball teams. Okay. You know, okay. like a lightning round. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So okay. Save the Spurs for last. We'll save the Spurs for last. So let's talk about the team that we both can't stand first. The Rockets? Maver- the Mavericks. Uh-huh. I can't stand the Mavericks more than the Rockets. <laughs> I don't even, you know, I don't even mind the Rockets. You know what I mean? And I think it's because I liked Hakeem growing up. Mm. And when they had Clyde and Barkley, and it was like, I ain't mad at them. It's like, ah, that, Houston's cool. But their fans are salty. We'll get into that in a, in a uh, minute. All right, let's start with the, Ma- let's the start Mavericks. Let's start with the Mavs. Mavericks are in a good place. Kyrie just got hurt, but he avoided a major injury. Um, his teammate fell on his leg. They're calling it a right heel contusion. It looked ugly, though. Um, so with that being said, him not being out for an extended period mm-hmm. of time, they look good. They finally got Luca a lob threat and the rookie. I can't think of his name. Lively, they I think is his yeah. last name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Derek Lively, I think. Derek Lively. Mm-hmm. Yep. They got him a lob threat. Luca's Luca, man. Um, Luca, 
still bothers me holding the ball too much. He's getting it out more. He's becoming a triple-double machine, but I still worry that when push comes to shove, and I hope they do this because I don't like them, <laughs> I hope that he just holds the ball way too long. <laughs> I mean, you remember how it was? Yeah, no. I mean, that's the name of the game with him. Dribble it up, take his time, get to his spots, uh, try to f- bully his way down to that mid-range yeah. paint area and, and get a little floater or jumper in there or that step back three with him. Um, I think they're in a better place this year than they have been. Absolutely. I don't really think they're a championship contender, but I could nah. see them making it to the conference finals going on a run. You get Kyrie and Luka just playing well at the same time in the playoffs. It's hard to beat. Um, so they probably are the best team in Texas right now. Easily, yeah, easily, uh, easily, easily hands down. Um, I'm not going to give them conference finals based on what I've seen. I feel like they got to do more. But I think they can do conference semis. Oh, yeah. The round right before. And whoever ends up going to the conference championship, I think they're going to give them hell. Like six games. Yeah, I can see that. That's I mean, on the strength of Kyrie and Luka both winning a game by themselves. They both have the ability to win a game by themselves. So that's two automatic. And then you just get one more of them working together. You know what I mean? No, I completely understand. I completely but, agree with that. Yeah. Now, they're playing against somebody like Denver. I think they're. it's going to literally be they get two games by themselves. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I just, I couldn't see that. Yeah. I, I don't think anybody's that. beating Denver in Denver anyway. Yeah, yeah. That's that's tough. Houston Rockets, they look better. They finally are starting to look like they uh, know how to use the pieces that they have with Green, uh, Sagoon. Is he Turkish? Ooh, I don't know his nationality. Yeah, I, I think he's I think he's Turkish, but that boy Sagoon, he's playing out of his mind. Yeah, he dog. is. Yeah, like, what is he? Twenty one, twenty two years yeah. old. He's he's uh, he's hooping hard. Jabari's playing. Um, now those Houston Rocket fans, they're talking a lot of smack because Wimby was happy. yeah, he was happy that he didn't go to Houston. Right. I mean, can you be mad at that? I wouldn't want to go to Houston either with the way they're because historically they haven't been a good organization for for developing young players. No, yeah, I understand. So yeah. I mean, he he needed to go somewhere and he is where he needs to be, but we'll get into that momentarily. Houston, I see them putting up like 25, 30 wins this year. I, which I, is with with Ime Udoka at the helm, that's that's an achievement. Yeah, it's better from when they were last year to step up. Yeah. Uh, is finally, I think he's finally getting them all uh, on the same page. They beat Denver yep. in Denver, and they were the first team to beat them in Denver this yes. year. Yes, yes. Um, after losing like eight or ten on the road, uh, they snapped their losing streak and yep. snapped their winning streak in the same game the other day. Um, so I think they're going in the right direction. I think they have good young pieces Ime is a good coach. Say what you will about him. Yeah. Uh, he, he's a good coach. Just uh, he, he understands <laughs> basketball. Just keep, you know, hide your wife. <laughs> oh, he, he was listening. I'm about to sing some R. Kelly. Don't leave your girl around me because I'm a flirt. Wait, is it okay to sing R. Kelly? I don't know. Well, maybe not. Maybe not. Know. Is he still canceled? <laughs> we'll strike that one from the records. <laughs> so Houston's at 10 and 9. You got Dallas at 13 and 8. Then they got them Spurs at three and eighteen, bro. Yeah, man, um, it hurts. Uh, it hurts a lot. Yeah, um, we're missing some pieces. Wimby, impressive. I'm impressed with him. He's, he's nineteen. Better. He's nineteen years. He's old, getting man. better, dude. He's a nineteen year old. He just posted twenty and twenty. Yep. Um, the other day, four he's, blocks. Yeah, four blocks. Uh, I think he had four assists and two steals. Uh, don't quote me on the other stats there, but he's nineteen years old. That dude's gonna be fine. They play Houston, by the way. Tomorrow, uh, Tuesday. Oh, that'll be a good game. Yep. Um, I that we actually might win that game. We need a win. Uh, <laughs> oh, Spurs, man. We just need we need a point guard. We need a shot creating point guard. They have somebody one. who can create. No, Trey Jones is not a shot creating point guard. He cannot create his own shot. Oh, you they mean, need. I'm sorry. You they mean need, he, like yeah, like not creating shots for others, but his own shot. Yeah, somebody who can create his own or, shot while getting the balls to others and uh, getting other people in their place. They need somebody like that. Like, I got two questions for you about the point guard position. Tyus Jones, Trey's brother. Mm. How would you feel about him being the other point guard? Same thing. You're in the same thing. They're the same type of player. I feel like Tyus can create his own shot, though, better than Trey can. It's not like a monumental leap uh, for me. What, what about, because there's all these rumors. They're talking about Zach Levine. No, not a point guard. He can create his own a, shot. He's not a point guard. He's a threat to score just like Vassell is. Exactly. And I'm like... I'd rather have Vassell. I'll, bigger I'll, upside. Right. And I, when I was at the shot the other day, they were like, yeah, if we traded Keldon Johnson and Devin Vassell for like Zach Levine, I'm like, now we're exchanging youth 
for an unproven veteran. I mean, he's proven in a sense that, yes, he can get his own buckets, but what has Zach Levine won, done? Yeah. I don't love that idea at all. Mm-hmm. Like, and then people were saying, well, what do we got CP3? CP3 is at the end of his career. He just wants to win a championship, bro. Yeah, like, this is why it. would he come here? He doesn't want to mentor anybody. He's past that. He did that. I've got, I've got two for you. Mm. Russell Westbrook. We're not getting Russ. I don't think we are either, but I think he would fit better. He would. Um, and Emmanuel Quickly from New York. Emmanuel Quickly would be right. Um, you know who I really wish when all that drama in Philly was going down? If we could have just taken advantage uh, and tried to grab Tyrese Maxey. <laughs> they weren't letting him go for anything. No, I know they, they weren't. They weren't letting him go I'll, for anything. You know, I'm living like way in the clouds on that <laughs> one. But I, dude, I just love the way he plays. If he was next to Wimby, that would be the one-two punch. I mean, you're, it'd be Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey, but younger. <sighs> I know. You know, like I know. It, it'd be mean. I think I think Emmanuel quickly would be good. Did you hear that Spider Mitchell wants to leave already? Yeah, he. that was a... I knew that was a pit stop for him. He's going to end up in a, he wants to be in in. a, he wants to be in a big market. I'm just here. So I don't get fined. (laughs) You went from Utah to Cleveland. It's the same type of market. Yeah. It's not what you want to do. You want to, I mean, Cleveland's like a little bit of a step up from Utah, I think from Salt Lake city, but it's a little bit. I can see him going to Brooklyn. People say the Knicks. I don't think people really want to go to the Knicks because they're so dysfunctional. Oh no. Nobody's trying to be up there. I can see him in Brooklyn. I can see him. Out West, I can see him in Golden State, honestly. Uh, people probably think I'm crazy on that. Uh, but I can see him in one of those bigger markets. That's where he wants to be. And he's about to be a free agent. He already yeah. said he's not signing an extension this season. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they traded him. I'd like honestly. to see us try to snatch Clay Thompson. I know he's at the end of his career. Nah, but I'm, not over, I'm over Clay. Man, I just want to see Clay get some shots off the bench. But you you can't make him come off the bench. I was, he's, watching, he's uh, that. I was listening to Gilbert Arenas. And normally he doesn't make any sense. Uh, but <laughs> he's, he's he, he, he does. I'm, I'm just talking to talk a little bit of mess, but he said that Clay Thompson is one of the only players he's ever seen. Who's never truly improved his game. Mm. And I'm thinking about it and I'm like, no, nah, you're wrong. And I'm like, no, nah, really? He's only been a spot up shooter, three and D type of player. He's never expounded his game to be an off the dribble threat or a, uh, playmaker. Mm. Uh, he's in the system coming off streams, catch and shoot. That's what he's been since 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want that. Not in the Spurs. It's where it's not where we're going. Yeah. If we're, we get a whole bunch of, if we start winning and then we just need a piece maybe, but not to take us from three and 18 to 18 and 18. You know, what's interesting is like San Antonio for the first time, they've got a bunch of athletes mm-hmm. like, yeah, we Duncan. They always, they've always had like a couple of guys. Like I think when you look at the, 2010 to 2018 or 17 Spurs, our athletes were like Kawhi. Uh, what's his name? Dwayne Dedman. Mm, we he, had a member, uh, Jonathan Simmons. Jonathan Simmons. Yeah, he had bounced to him. Yeah, I mean, so we just we had like a guy or two here and there, but now it's like you got a lot of dudes that are, that are ain't afraid to go to the hoop, mm-hmm. straight to the cup, dunk in your mouth. I mean, I was watching Wimby. They put him at the five. They they changed the starting lineup again. And Wimby was actually calling for the ball, catching, and finally turning and facing him like, good, mouse in the house. You got a guy smaller than you. You know what I mean? You should be getting boxed out by a point guard. <laughs> I was like, that's embarrassing. If your guy is six foot nine and below, you should be going, I'm trying it. Just go straight up. Yeah. I'm trying it. All, all he's going to do is push you out. That's all he can do at that point. And he's and he's already i mean it's it's only it's only december season's been what two months but yeah he's already getting a little bit more buff i mean he's not huge but for wimby you could see the difference in like the cut and everything so oh, yeah by 24 wimby's gonna be oh my gosh he's gonna be a beast he's i can see him putting on maybe 20 or 30 pounds i don't think he's gonna be like two. i think he'll do anything. no more than 20 yeah but yeah. i can see him putting 20 30 pounds on in the next five years yeah. and just just, you know, getting used to the physicality. There's only one piece of Wimby's game that I don't like so far, and that's the way he sets screens. That, and he shoots too many three-pointers. He does shoot too many three-pointers. Way too many three-pointers. That's the way NBA today. But he, if he sets better screens, he'll get himself open more. Um, I think that's the only thing I can really complain about. But he's 19, like, setting screens on a 20 Well, you know, and he's used to having screens set for him. And, yeah, you know? that's very true. Because he, he, runs, he runs the floor like a point guard. So it's like, he's like, I'm screen. No, you scream for me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Man. I don't think you understand. 
<laughs> exactly. Nah, man, you take that charge. I'm good. Don't you hurt my back? All right. So while we talking about that round ball, the inaugural in-season tournament has come to a conclusion with the Los Angeles Lakers blowing out, blowing out Tyrese Halliburton and the Indiana Pacers. So I was at a Thanksgiving or Friendsgiving um, uh, dinner last night. So I was watching the game on my phone. (laughs) So we were playing like cards against humanity. And I'm like trying to (laughs) what's going on. Yeah, man. And LeBron, LeBron was coaching. Did y'all see the clip of him telling AD how mm-hmm. to get the ball in the paint? He's like, he's like, no, no, go in his chest. Yeah, one more dribble, go in his chest. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, like, I like the idea of the tournament because it kind of gives that March Madness vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, my critique, and this is no original idea of my own, Bill Land, our local Spurs announcer, actually said it, shut the season down for two weeks. You can have the games kind of get count as part of your your normal record, but do the tournament for two weeks straight. I think that would be good. Yeah. I would like to see that. Like if you just did it, let's say you start in October, right? That's when the season starts. And then for two weeks from late November to mid or, or maybe even like the beginning of December, right? You just run it through Christmas. Yeah, I think you should pinnacle on Christmas. That's yep. already such an NBA day. Yep. Um, but see, then you got to think about ratings. What are you doing? Because the Christmas Day games, they run Christmas from beginning to end. That's four or five games that you're yeah. watching on Christmas. You change it up and you have Christmas. You have one game. You're taking a ratings punch. You're losing money. Well, so what you do is you end the season, right? You end the, the, the tournament. Take a week off. Boom. Christmas. That way everybody gets a week off. They get the reset play your five games on Christmas and then we're pummeling straight forward into the all-star break. That's the next big one before we do the playoffs. I don't know. I think it would be harder for just equal rest time for players. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. So if you have a team Lakers won it this year, but let's say, okay, next year comes around. They already won it. You don't really care. You just want an extra two weeks off rest your body yeah. compared to teams that are playing and grinding through that time frame. I don't think that's really fair coming out of the other end. I like the way they did it with everything except for the championship game being normal in season type of deal. Used to have other games going on. Um, people are still playing night in and night out. Um, I, as far as the setup goes, I think they did a really good job working with what they had. Yeah. You know, you don't want to disrupt anything. I think with the schedule, they just got it to where the players are happy. Not as many back-to-backs, not playing as much through the week. You spread it out. You're starting the season mid-October instead of the beginning of November. They've already ironed all that out. Now let's just make a couple of games mean more. And you can see it in most of those games, even though they were regular season games, people people were playing goal. Uh, Steph Curry game winning shot against in the first in season game against OKC right. the last in season game for them they were trying to beat Sacramento they had to win by 12 like it was it was fun I don't I don't know if I like the points thing because it's it, it's it's just weird I feel like there should be another metric for that I mean it, it kind of feels like the English Premier League soccer where that's, it's what, like, that's what they're going for though yeah where, they're, where they kind of measure it by goals right but I don't know man I, I'm um I think overall, sure, it was entertaining. If you want my old man take, like my old, old man take, congratulations. We're paying you. We're giving you a trophy for stuff you should have already been doing. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I'm. I, I And I feel bad because I, I get what they're trying to do. And I think it's great. They're trying to make it a lot more competitive. But it's like still, I'm giving you a trophy for you actually competing. Yeah, you should have been competing this whole time. Good job doing your job. Right. <laughs> That's kind of how I feel. Like, yeah. I was just like, all right, cool. I mean- Whatever it takes for you to to do your job, fine. Like, and you guys know, I love basketball. My top ten favorite sports are basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Number eleven is soccer. <laughs> but I mean, like, I just I look at it and I'm like, it was fun, but it was a little confusing because I don't like how they were like. You'd have what what days the instant season tournament games Friday and two uh, Tuesdays and Fridays. Yeah, there were Tuesdays and Fridays, and then. Um, I, I thought it was kind of cool the way they did it. Um, 
the money thing I was really mad at the beginning. Now I'm thinking of it from like a rookie or a walk on right. perspective. Like, yeah. dude, you're making 500 K for the whole year. You mean to tell me we win this tournament, I can double my salary. Right. Like right. that, that's cool. Yeah. Um, that's cool. And LeBron even said it, uh, last night, like for some of those younger players that aren't making as much money, this is their, you know, this is for them, yeah. you know, to, to make that money. Um, I think that they, I think that they try to make it as competitive as they could. The schedule, I was impressed. Just the way they interwove it, I really was. I thought it was going to blow up in their faces. They did do a good job of managing the schedule. I, absolutely I, correct. I thought it was, I really did think it was going to blow up in their faces and you were going to have half efforts in half of the games. Most of those games were close. Um, the only real big blowout was the Lakers and Pelicans uh, in the quarterfinals, which is the Yo. least, uh, or the semifinals, which is the least... Uh, game that you want to have that kind of point differential or point spread there. But all the other games throughout the season, people were playing harder. It was eye popping. The courts were tacky, but oh it gave gosh. you you're, you're flipping through the them sh- Bill Miller jerseys. <laughs> 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 but if you didn't know what was going on and you were just flipping through the channels, you'd be like, why does it look like yeah, that? you're going to stop for a second right, and, right. and look into it? Oh, it's a tournament game. Let's see what this is about for a couple of minutes. So you're in, engaging in that way. Um, Yo, can I give a shout out to the Washington Wizards? They had the illest in-season tournament jerseys. I want one. <laughs> I'm going up. I'm going up there on, uh, tomorrow. I'm flying up. I might cop one. You gonna get you a pool jersey, the, bro? I, the, <laughs> I ain't joining no pool party. <laughs> I'll get I'll get old weird Kyle Kuzma before I wear that, <laughs> but no those jerseys the district I was like oh man those jerseys are cold okay sorry I just no nah, you're good I love but those that, jerseys but those yeah. are the things that they did to make it fun I thought yeah. it was awesome um, and then you get a Saturday night in December I don't I don't know what the official rating numbers were I was trying to look it up it was just yesterday I couldn't get rating numbers for that game um, but overall the ratings have been up in November. Yes. Um, overall with this tournament. And I'm sure that Saturday night, when do you normally get Saturday night games in the NBA after the Super Bowl? Yeah. You know, they no, kind of take right, over that, that Saturday spot. Um, you got a Saturday night game in December, primetime spotlight game. It's good for the league. I think good for the players because they're going to, the next TV deal that they sign with this in season tournament going on, it's going to be astronomical. Um, they're going to get expansion teams out of this, out of the money yeah. they're making. They're going to get the, you know, Vegas about to come up. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think they're waiting. They're trying to wait for LeBron to retire because he's going to be the co-owner of whatever the Vegas team is. It's like already set in stone. You think so? Yeah. When he, when they handed him the MVP trophy last night, Adam Silver caught the joke. Like the only thing I can say is I'm sorry, this doesn't come with the franchise. Like he said that and it's Dang. like, <laughs> and he took it, but yeah, he's, it's gonna happen. It's in the it's in the books. That dude's a billionaire, bro. He's gonna happen. I'm gonna tell. I just want to do a public service announcement to all the players and, and and all the players of every sport. Don't be drinking out of that cup. <laughs> <laughs> they hand you a trophy, bro. Do you know how many hands were on that? Sorry, my germaphobe. I got anxiety watching the Lakers drink out of that cup. I was like, ew, his hands were in there, bro. What are you doing? I'm not even cup. in the medical field. I was like, oh, it's still a thing, guys. I think that's the only other cup they do that with, Stanley Cup. <laughs> yeah, I never liked that. I'm like, don't do that. That's gross. It's unsanitary. <laughs> <laughs> Something else new for the NBA, though, you know? Uh, <laughs> no, I do like the idea of, of it being... And by the way, just as a quick aside, so... Here's some metrics for you guys on um, the November 28th game, Kings and Warriors. Yeah. That was, I believe, a Saturday night game, like you said. No, it was Friday. It was Friday? Okay, my fault. Oh, so Friday night game. They said that that game averaged 2 million viewers, which is 93% as a 93% increase for a game of a comparable window on a Friday. And then think about that. Because when you, when you, when we were growing up, if a TV show, went from being anywhere on Monday through Thursday to Friday, you're like, oh, that's about to get canceled. Like, there's there was only, like, a handful of shows that were able to last on Fridays, and Fringe was one of them. Everything else is like, oh, snap. I mean, on. what are you doing on Friday? You're going out. You're yeah, doing exactly. stuff. Ain't nobody watching TV ain't nobody Friday? Got, ain't nobody sitting in front of their couch <laughs> Yeah, that. yeah. But I was watching that game. I, it was And it was a good game for yeah. most of it. Um, 
competitive. And then the Warriors are up by 15 and they have to keep that 15 point lead. Just gave you more things to think about when it came to a basketball game. Um, so I'm a fan of it. A little, I'm sure they'll tweak it a little bit here and there. And I, I'm excited to see how they do it. There's going to be naming rights coming up for this stuff. Oh, yeah. It's not going to be the NBA Cup for long. It's going to be the FedEx Cup or the Skims Cup. Cause <laughs> oh, good Lord. I just had to throw that in there because I know it'll grind you. Uh, but I think it's going to be a good thing for the league. My hot take on this. Thank you. I was waiting for this. <laughs> I, I think, and it's not about the tournament itself. More about the winners. Okay. You know how I feel about LeBron James compared to Michael Jordan. Of course. I I don't have any other arguments against him being the greatest player of all time anymore. I don't think I re- really can. Like, what else has... He's done everything. And he said it in his press conference last night. Uh, records will be broken. You can compare how many you win to this, but one thing you can't beat is being the first to do something. Um, and I think that's why he played so hard during the tournament. It was just one more. It was I the last too. notch in his resume. And um, Michael Jordan, three-peat, take some time off, three-peat. Like, it'll never be done again. But is it 1A, 1B? I don't even know if it's like that anymore with this. I really think this gives people with arguments for LeBron James more more ammo. And I look at it like this dude might be the best player that I've ever seen in my life. He is the best player that I've ever seen in my life. I watched Jordan on tape. I mean, I was born in 93. So by the time I really started getting into basketball, it was 2001, 2002. He was right. on the Wizards. Right. Like, I was watching DVDs of Jordan. Like, oh, dude, this dude is amazing. Right. But watching LeBron James, his longevity and his ability to win everything there is to win. You want a back-to-back? He's got it. Bubble title, whatever you think about it. That's not an easy championship yeah. to win. In-season tournament, nobody knows what's going on. Yep. Not only did they win, they went undefeated in the in-season tournament. No, no. I, and I, I, and I got ten, I'm 10 years your senior, so I've seen, I've seen Jordan play from the like late 80s, 90s, really the 90s when I started paying attention to basketball, like really paying attention. Mm. So I've seen his entire run go away, come back. I've seen Wizards, Jordan. Uh, you know what I mean? And understanding what he was when I was a little boy to seeing LeBron and be like, that dude's same. he's about my age. I'm, I'm like a year and a half older than LeBron. So I want to take a step back. You talked about the Pelicans blowout. That was the first game in a long time where I looked at LeBron and I said, he's him. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times I'm like, yeah, he's got, a, he's got these other guys, whatever. Like, you know what I mean? We, we all say that. I think he's been consistently very good for so long that we even as fans take take that for granted. You know, it's like, it's just like, yeah, that's what he does, whatever. But look at, but look at Shea Gillis-Alexander, by the way, who is super effing impressive. God, that dude is. <laughs> and, and the reason why I don't think the Czech home, Holmgren deserves rookie of the year because you're, you're, you're sitting right next to the MVP or, yeah, or, or top, MVP candidate. Yes, type a top player. five, if not top three MVP candidate. That's for another episode of this show. Mm-hmm. Um, but, when I saw, I'm 40 years old. LeBron's 38 or 39. He'll be 39 at the end of December. Okay. I looked at Zion Williamson. That brother's in his early 20s, mm-hmm. the mid-20s. Maybe 23, 24. LeBron, it was like watching him sprint. It was like watching me sprint next to my five-year-old son. <laughs> Compared to Zion. I'm going to race you. LeBron was zipping up and down the court. They got so comfortable he went and sat out the whole fourth quarter and was on the exercise bike. Yeah. Watching the game. <laughs> Come on. If if I am 23, 24 years old and this near 40-year-old man is beating me up and down the court and said, I don't need to play anymore, give me the ball. Get out of my way. Let me work. We're coming back. 30 points in 23 minutes. It's ridiculous. And I don't think LeBron necessarily meant it to disrespect them. He meant it to show everybody, yeah. I got a lot left in the I'm tank. Still, I'm still here. You know what I mean? And when he did that, I was like, come on, man. <laughs> come on. I mean, that is impressive. I'm like, Again, I'm 40. My knees got hurt going up and down the stairs. I go shoot hoops with the kids outside, and I'm like, yeah, I still got it. And then your boy got the tiger bomb <laughs> on his knees <laughs> and his back. You know, Not saying that LeBron doesn't probably have some similar situations going on, but he's still playing 60, to, a high level, 60 games a year. You know what I mean? So like 
to me, that was just incredible to watch that. And I'm like, oof, I, I had a tough time. I couldn't predict the winner. I usually participate on like the Bleacher Report app, all the little, hey, vote for this. I couldn't call it. I just waited for everybody else to vote. They're like Pacers or Lakers. I'm like, I want to say Tyrese Halliburton is going to ball out, but this is an experienced championship team exactly. with LeBron and AD. They've been there before. Darvin Ham has got them all grinded. I mean, come on, man. Like D'Angelo Russell, I thought he was going to be traded. I really did. Still might. Sorry. I still might. Yeah, it's true. Austin Reeves, he's got oh, that dude. Oh, man, that he's, boy. He's got that dude playing out of his mind. Who's uh? That boy shifty, man. Um, uh, Rui Hachimura. Yeah. I'm really, uh, man, if I'm the Wizards, I'm like, man, we got rid of him? Why, what were we thinking? Because now he comes over to L.A., dude is balling. But I mean, he's that's balling. you're playing with the probably the highest IQ basketball player that's ever lived. True that. Um, so that's what LeBron James does. And he doesn't get enough credit for that because he always makes all of his teammates better in one way or another. And like you said, he was coaching up AD. AD had 41 points yesterday. I know. I mean, dog. he's Mr. Flip-Flop. Like he, 41 <laughs> points street today. Clothes. Uh, nah, I, I don't give him street clothes as much anymore because he's, he's pretty. He's been, he's, he's played consistent. a little bit more. He's played um, a little bit more over the last couple of years, but 41 points this game and the next game he'll drop 12. Like that's my thing with AD, but you have LeBron James in your corner. Um, it doesn't really matter. I mean, when they played the Suns to before they went to Vegas, mm-hmm. LeBron had 31, 8, 11, 5 steals. Uh, against KD and Book. They didn't have Bradley Bill, uh, but that's does, also... Does anybody, that's also does anybody another, ever have Bradley Bill? That's also another episode, <laughs> um, in my opinion. They didn't have Bradley Bill, but still, you had KD, you had Book uh, going at it um, out there for him, and he showed up. Yeah. Next game, he shows up. The only game he really didn't dominate was the championship game, but he didn't have to. AD decided to show up that game. Um, it... It was fun, man. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it over the weekend watching, um, what was it? Was it Thursday or Friday when they played? It was Thursday uh, when they played uh, the back-to-back games on the same court. Yeah, It was cool the way they blended the networks together for that game. I've never seen anything like that. That was my favorite part of that. Seeing Stephen A. And I'm I'm not a huge Stephen A. fan, but the fact that you could finally see him talking with Shaq and Chuck and all them, and then to hear Reggie Miller... Mm-hmm. Talking with, with the, their crew, with Doc Rivers, I'm like, yo, this is cool, it man. Was like, cool. It was like the multiverse, like in, uh, right. Like, <laughs> the it's like when DC and Marvel do their crossover <laughs> yeah, comics, man. That's exactly I'm like, what it was. It was I'm awesome. like, I, I'll be honest, with you, I'm Team TNT, like all mm-hmm. the way, all the way. But man, I was like, I think this is basketball to me. Okay, so before we, I get into that, do you have anything that you would want to change next year? right away that you can think of for the tournament mm, right away uh, dial back the courts that's the first thing. <laughs> i like the different courts but dial it back you just, just change a, little it up a little bit. bit just a little bit okay just dial it back uh and get them right at the beginning they were having issues like the three-point line wasn't measured right oh, at one wow, game I, didn't know that. I can't remember what game it was but they so they had to switch back to the regular court uh, at the last minute um so you got to get it right okay uh, i didn't realize that i missed that the points differential thing is the only thing yeah. I like it when you get to the end of the tournament, but at the beginning of the tournament, when you're just like jacking threes up on an opponent that you're blowing out by 20 already, right. or you're, you're up by 10 and the game's over. There was a lot of hostility about that. Um, I, I think there's a different way to do that in, instead of a points differential. Maybe it's a, I don't know. Do you want to do field goal percentage? There's another way that you mm. can play that game. Um, I would tweak that. And I, honestly, that'd really be the only thing I think I liked it. Okay. I was a fan of it. I would get rid of for group play. And this is a longer term. So me and my, me and my, my boy, AJ have talked about this multiple times over. So some of this is uh, ideas of his that I liked and plus my own. So I want to apply what he says. He thinks the NBA should actually be longer. Three games apiece. Every team, play every team three times. It comes out to a few extra games. You clearly have a winning record, and you clearly have a losing record. There is no 500. There is no mediocrity. Either you're winning or losing. Now, he also says get rid of conferences. 
Yeah, I think I think, it's time. I think the experiment for that should be done in this tournament. I don't care about East and West. That, sh- that to me, that is old thinking. It's old thinking. East, I don't care. I don't want to see it. You know, like, just give me the best 16 teams in the playoffs right now. This is looking at the whole NBA playoffs. So let's try that whole group play thing and mix up. I want to see in one bracket, I want to see Denver with Boston, with Boston or yeah. Milwaukee, Miami with Phoenix. You know what I'm saying? You do Golden State and Philly in a bracket with Oklahoma City and Minnesota or you get what I'm saying? Like, nah, really, really mix that up. Because I think that would make for more competitive results because it's easy for me if I'm like, I'm just going to pick on our division, the Southwest division. I already know that in addition to this, I'm going to play Oklahoma City if I'm San Antonio or the Pelicans. We're going to play or we're going to play you guys like, what is it, like eight times, 10 times, something like that? No, it's not eight times. I think four. it's like four. They play four. Yeah, it's like four times. So I'm already going to play you that like then. And then we're doing this in-season thing. To me, that doesn't offer anything new. In season should be like, let's really see who we are. Let's really measure up. You know, maybe next year you take the results of this and let's take some of the crappier teams and put them in one bucket, right? So we put like San Antonio, Houston, Detroit, and another team I can't think of, like uh, Utah is kind of crappy this year. So let's put them in a bucket and then get a team that's kind of mid-tier. Let's see how they fare, fare out. You know what I mean? Like really try to get scientific with this. Because I think you're going to get more entertainment value. Now, I got something that's like way off the map of this. For the draft, I think what they should do is they should have another tournament. So the teams that don't make the playoffs, that are tanking, that are racing to the bottom, you don't get it that easily. We're not doing this whole draft lottery bull crap. No, you should have a tournament and you have to play for that. For whatever the, the order is of who wins and who loses, that's the draft order. Why don't you, what if you gave the in-season tournament draft implications? Ooh. Like maybe you extend it out instead of being seven games, it's 10 or 11. And the bottom tier teams, your draft stock is based off of your in-season tournament. I record. like that. I like that. Because then you could take the really, well, the, but here's the thing is, here's the thing. No, 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 no. Actually, okay, okay. I was going to say it incentivizes you to tank. But they're still not guaranteed you're going to get the number one draft pick. You nah, got to play for it. You can't tank. If, yeah. And because if you tank and you don't win any of your in season tournament games, you're not going to get the number one pick. Right. But if, right. And if you're going to fight on some games and win, it, it, these are still competitive professional athletes. Right. If you show them that they can win, they're going to keep playing hard right. throughout the remainder of the season. So if you give some sort of incentive in that way, okay, well. Yeah, you had the worst record in the league, but in the in-season tournament, you went three and three and you lost in the semifinal game. So being the highest rank, there is a way to play it. I think it gets real. It can get real messy, but this is what they get paid millions and billions of dollars for. Of course. Of the board of governors to figure out, like figure it out, give it an underlying aspect like that. And I think you've got, you've already got a winner. Then you've got like a rocket. It's just gone, dude. Yeah. I, I think it's gonna I think it's gonna be good for the league though. Like I said, money's gonna come in off of this. Um Vegas is the real winner um right now, in my opinion. I'm sure that the Vegas uh like the residency for a random November as the temperature drops spiked or December, I guess it's December now. Yeah. Uh, but their, you know, residency for those uh casinos and stuff probably had a twenty percent spike in their yeah. uh their guests. So I think that that's a good idea to have that draft implication implications from that. But I still would like to see maybe something smaller on the side where it's like, okay, it's been decided who's going to be in the playoffs. Let's give all the playoff teams a break for a week and have that tournament. You crappy teams get to fight out the results of that, the, the, that determine the placement, right? That tournament determines your placement in this little mini tournament that allows the bottom five teams or the bottom seven teams to fight for a draft pick. No, nah, I get that though. You know what I mean? You can do that at the same time you're doing the playing games it's, and it can give exactly, you exactly, exactly an entire Feel week me. of tournament view, right. um, viewership uh, spikes there instead of just Tuesday and Thursday where you have two in, uh, playing tournaments. You have every day there's some sort of tournament going on, whether it's for the play-in or for the draft picks. That'll be fun. I think I think it could work. Um, but yeah, so that's that. really that's the, the, the point thing I agree with you. 
get rid of divisional stuff. Just just play it out. Experiment with it. I agree with that. The and the conference you said. I, I think the conferences they were really important back in the day because travel was so much more difficult. Right. Uh, travel is not as difficult anymore as long as you can plan out the trips right, which they do already. Exactly. Uh, charter charter planes. Um, you can get from point A to point B in a nonstop flight. It's not like you're in the eighties taking if, a bus. If the Dallas Cowboys can play against New York, Philadelphia, and Washington, three teams all on the Eastern Seaboard. Pretty sure they can figure it out for basketball. Yeah, no, nah, I agree with that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Totally I'm like, you got a team from the from the south going all the way out there playing those teams twice a year. So, all right, man, let's get into this. Yeah, while we're speaking brother, on that man. that Eastern Seaboard, yeah, right? man. Uh, <laughs> May the Lord watch the Little Brother Story documentary. Uh, there's going to be some mild spoilers here as we review this. Um, I'm going to give you my review right up front. I loved it. It made me kind of sad in some ways, but overall I enjoyed it. I watched it yesterday and I was just like, I mean, it, little brother is one of my favorite rap groups. They ninth wonder is the reason why I started messing with fruity loops. Cause mm-hmm. for like most of us hip hop heads, man, I need to get an NPC or I need to get like acid Sony's acid, you know, back in the day when I would have um, less than legal copies of software, <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> making beats ninth wonder inspired me you know what i mean the dude's samples were insane fonte flowing out of his mind big poo with that like real smart charismatic flow that he's got just it's i'm just thinking about whatever you say f that i got your head bobbing and my verse didn't rhyme come on man <laughs> like the foreign exchange Big Poo's solo projects, working with Focus. I mean, yeah, man, so much. It, but uh, for my review of it, I loved it too. I, I'm coming at it from a little bit of a different aspect from you. I'm just, you know, a little bit, you got about a decade on me. So the earlier, the the main portion of Little Brother, you know, the 2002 to 2008 run, mm-hmm. I, I really wasn't that much of a hip hop head. I was in fifth, sixth, seventh grade. Right. Um, you know, I was just kind of getting there. And then when I did get there, I, I, it was biggie and you know, you go back to the front. So you put me on little brother. Uh, I was probably 14 yeah. um, at the time, but they were already kind of dissolved at that point. It's just yeah. like, Hey, these are some old albums that I like. Yeah. Uh, so hearing the albums and then getting to see the behind the scenes story from the beginning portion, the things that I didn't get to see. Yeah. Um, or, experience at the time uh you know how they came up in chat rooms they were you yeah. know uh, okay, little later. little yeah little things like that that i didn't know about it was amazing and then from a, a musician standpoint or a wannabe musician standpoint it was inspiring yeah it was so inspiring to see and then a third kind of realm for this i you know me in part i've been rapping with the same dudes in seventh grade uh to, to see how they grew, they grew apart, did their own thing, came back together um, at the end of it. It was just, it was beautiful to kind of see that kind of uh, cohesiveness and to hear the stories behind it. They weren't that good of friends. I would have never thought that. I never would have thought that too. Like they didn't really know each other for them to say that um, in the documentary. And it was just kind of mind blowing to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so we went, we did this, uh, the TLDR way for those of you who are impatient. We gave you our our thoughts up front. Now let's walk it back. Who is Little Brother? They're a hip hop group from the Raleigh Durham era area of North Carolina. Uh, Fonte Coleman, rapper Big Pooh. Uh, I know his last name is James all of, or Jones. I forgot his first name all of a sudden. Pete. Pete. Yes. And then um, Ninth Wonder, who uh, Pat, Pat Douthit is his name. Um, yeah, who's also a hip hop professor. Yeah, he's like a, he teaches at uh, I think North Carolina A and T, one of those colleges. You can fact check me, but anyway, these guys came with the thunder with their debut album, The Listening. Now, which is crazy, I lived in Alaska at that time. I didn't hear about Little Brother until I moved back to San Antonio, and I got on to them in two thousand five. At that point, they were doing the Chitlin Circuit mixtapes. That's when I heard of them, or I started listening to them. Um, in fact. I listened to that, then the Minstrel Show, their second day, their second official album first before I listened to the listening. Mm. And then I went back and I finally because I had I listened to all the Justice League, their whole click, 
the Justice League mixtapes. I was in the Cesar, Comanche. Uh, Joe Scudder was okay. You know, I like Scudder a little bit. I was a big fan of Sean Don. Crisis's beats were nasty. You know, all those guys were around. Like, uh, I just, I would listen to all of them. So then I finally went back and I stood listening and I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> I was like, this album is ahead of its time. You know, like it is so, I got it on vinyl. You know, I'm like, it is so far ahead of its time to where like, I would be playing that. And for those of you who don't who, who don't know me, I'm a massive MF Doom fan. I mean, I've got stuff all over my office. I would be listening to Doom and Lil Brother like back to back. Those two, heavy rotation. Heavy rotation. Doom, LB. Doom, LB. Back and forth. Um, these guys had like the East Coast lyricism, mm-hmm. but the South lingo the flair the, the swag feel. the feel like they were the perfect marriage of east and and south i mean they literally felt like southeast hip-hop and it was great i mean there was nobody that sounded like that at all mm. and then when you started hearing that ninth was making beats on on, on the fl studio and the people are like what that inspired a whole generation of producers including myself to give that a try because when I was growing like Fruity Loops, who's just that? I ain't using no Fruity Loops. Why would I do that's techno music? That's what it was known for. Techno music. And it's like, wait, you can actually make hip hop out of this? What? But yeah, uh, Little Brother, Little Brother, they are one of those bands or groups that fall into like your favorite rapper's favorite rapper or mm-hmm. favorite rap group, just like an MF Doom or or anybody like that. You know what I mean? Um, I think when you and Park were first getting going, I would send I would send them little brother stuff, the cool kids. So I was work. just listening to the cool kids. Yeah, yesterday. man. Of course, Outcast, <laughs> but like real good duos to work on their lyrical interplay back and forth, and it worked. I think. Oh yeah. I mean, you guys listen to other stuff too, so I'm not going to give myself and pat myself on the back like I've helped you guys. But oh, but you have though. Uh, I, it's, I appreciate. It's that. not a. It's not a. Uh, outreach to say in the least, man, you've definitely been an influence to both of us in our music making. Uh, I, I appreciate guess. that. You guys have inspired me, man. I, want, I would take careers, but I don't make no money off that. So I, can't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, they, they keep me, they kept my ear sharp, you know, like I'm just like, okay, I got to keep, what are the kids doing? <laughs> <laughs> but no. So these guys were on a label called ABB and apparently that deal was just not good. At all. It was just a real crappy deal. You met, you alluded to it, but you said them not being friends. You know, these two work together, uh, Pooh and Tay, but it's it's not like they had beef. They were on tour and doing stuff, but they were working in a rap group together. They weren't really trying to like cultivate a friendship. Mm-hmm. It was just doing work. And, and so I've mentioned his name multiple times, Ninth Wonder kind of rose in popularity because Ninth Wonder was doing beats for Jay-Z and Beyonce and all these other folks. So he's getting all this recognition for ninth for, for being who he is and a part of little brother, but Fonte and big pool are out there on tour with the rest of the justice league in DJ flash putting in the work. And so they're going on tour and they're seeing like ninth wonder posters and people are going, where's ninth. And it's like, man, we're the one rapping. You want to hear this dude's beat? You can go download the beat right now. We're putting in the blood, sweat, and tears. So they talk about a lot of that conflict, what made them separate. And then, of course, what made them separate uh, them being Tay and Pooh themselves and how they ended up getting back together was just a beautiful thing. What made me really sad is, and this is kind of, this is a mild spoiler alert. You want to cover your ears or fast forward 30 seconds from this, but like they couldn't get Ninth Wonder to participate in a documentary. They fallen out with them. They made up and they fell out with them again. And it made me really sad because I still have hopes that one day the original three will get back together. But from what it sounds like, that's yeah, not anytime I don't think soon. that. I don't think that's going to happen based on what kind of was going on in that documentary, unfortunately. Yeah, um, man. Yeah. It, it was well shot, well produced. It gave me perspective into the industry that I, I mean, I've heard how it is in the industry from other documentaries and other artists, but like for a group of that stature, and I say stature, not like larger, larger than life per se, but like a group who was in that sweet spot, that middle, mm-hmm. 
you know, or like they could have blown up crazy or they could have just faded away. Like it was very interesting perspective on like how their, their careers shifted after signing with Atlantic, how Atlantic, uh, the a major label didn't really give them the love that they needed. That I was, they needed. But, that was the most shocking part of that documentary yes, for me. Yes. There's a part, there's a bit they're talking about how Atlantic was like, look, we know you're not happy here. And if you're not happy here, we'll let you out of your deal. That is rare. Yeah. That was shocking. To that me. never, well, obviously uh, never, but it, or, it not ever, doesn't happen these days. It, it, it hardly sure. ever happens for a major label to be like, nah, man, you're good. Go ahead. Go ahead. Don't I'm worry sorry. About it. What? I get the, I get to keep all this. You for real, for real. That never happens. Never happens. So, uh, man, it was um, it was really eye opening. It was great to get the the background and the gist of how they lived their life during yeah. that time and yeah. how things really played out. Because I actually really didn't understand when they came back and dropped that album in nineteen why there wasn't any Ninth Wonder Beats on there. I was very confused. Yeah, um, and to get the background of it, of you know him not one not wanting to be on it if it wasn't solo produced and things like that um it was eye-opening for me i, I just i wish it would have even if it just would have been for a portion of it get ninth on there i it's one of those things where like you're not getting all the sides of the story so even as good as it was i have to take it with a little bit of a grain of salt because I didn't get to hear his side of the story. I don't yeah. know his truths, yeah. you know, or how he felt about certain situations. Uh, Cause I think uh, at Pooh and them, they did a really good job of diving into this is where I was like when they first split. Cause Pooh wanted to resign. What didn't want to, uh, wanted to go Pooh independent. Wanted to go with a major. Yeah. yeah. And he yeah. wanted to go kind of more independent. Um, like the, the way he thought about it. Well, you know, he had had this success doing that. I didn't have success doing that. So I was not as comfortable in making that kind of transition. Like I wanted to hear Knight's perspective on that with his success coming, you know, as ninth wonder, you know, like you said, making those, those Hove beats, those, right. those Beyonce beats right. becoming ninth wonder and not just uh, the producer for little brother. Right. Um, I wanted to get his perspective on that in the industry and that um, aspect, but still, like you said, wonderfully shot, uh, it's great insight. Uh, I, it was a little longer. I'm not gonna lie. It was like an hour and 45 it's minutes. An hour and 40. Yeah. 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 It was a little longer, a little than, longer I than I thought it would be. And then when, but when I started it, I was like, Oh, there's no way I'm watching. I watched it yesterday too. Like there's no <laughs> way I'm watching all this today. Um, but you did, but I did, I got, I was stuck <laughs> in it. I was, I got stuck in it. I watched the entire thing from beginning to end. No, and it actually goes by pretty quick for an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah. Like it, like I, I took a break cause I had to do some dad things, but like I sat right back down and it was like, click. I just, I just sat at my computer desk. I was like, okay, I can rock with this. Yeah, and I, had, I was like doing dishes. I had it on my phone. I had my, mm -hmm. my earbuds in or whatever. And I was moving around, but I was still, you know, walking around my phone, watching it, cleaning my house up. Yeah. Uh, helping the girls clean the room and stuff. But I was very thoroughly impressed. And, you know, I, now I'm, now I'm looking forward to the next Old Brother Project. I am too, man. I am too. I hope I, uh, again, it would have been nice to have ninth, but I'm not going to lie to you. If you listen to the last album, it still felt like a little brother. Album. It felt like a little brother album. Like it didn't. I, I think for my heart, right, or in my head, I want Ninth Wonder there because that's who I I've known little brother to be. But I know that now he's not quite. He's not necessary for the little brother sound. They can get other people to do it, and I mean that sucks for Ninth Wonder, but I mean it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. But I, mean, I guess the next album, if they do get get back together, what it'll be like, Little Brother featuring Ninth, Ninth Wonder, Wonder. <laughs> like like what is it, Maze featuring Frankie Beverly, the original Little Brothers. <laughs> I don't know how they'll play that game. Man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know how they'll play that game, but it probably I don't know. Based on that thing, I don't think it's gonna happen. Yeah, I, they, I, I don't think so either, man. Go Which, check it out, man. If you got some time on your hands and you on YouTube, you're a hip hop uh, enthusiast. Go take a look. Like you said, on YouTube. You don't have to pay for any subscriptions. Go take some time. Check it out, man. Um, it's really insightful um, on how the inner workings of labels can be, how touring can be. Uh, people don't really get to think about that side of of touring. I like where he said, you know, we were sleeping and it was, was sharing hotel rooms, switching up back and forth. Who gets to sleep on the cot? You don't think about things like that. Yeah. Oh, this is a rapper on tour, bro. You're standing 
you know, the Aria or whatever it is, you know, you're staying right. five star. No, you're not, dude. We're at the Holiday Inn, like down the street. At, at, at a motel. <laughs> yeah, you know, switching, <laughs> switching cots up. So it was, it was good to see, man. It was a lot of good insight. And again, woke up a hunger in me. It did. Uh, we were both saying, man, like we were texting each other yesterday talking about it. And he's like, man, this makes me want to play with some beats. I was like, I got my guitar in my hand right now. I had, I had logic open. I couldn't come up with anything beautiful, man. But I was just like, <laughs> like, but it, but it inspired me as sad as some of those parts were. I was like, man, I got the itch. I want to make some music. Yeah. So I think that'll about do it for us. What you think, brother? Nah, man, I think, uh, I think that's about it. This was a lot of fun, man. Yeah. Uh, a lot of fun for those of you that enjoyed it. Keep your ear out. Uh, I know this isn't your traditional WFS. We introduced you to a, a new wave, the two way uh, today, but, Keep an eye out because we've got these things bubbling up. Uh, we're going to be kind of diving these things out here over in this new year. 2024 yes, is coming sir. up fast. So uh, keep an eye out for these little branches, these ripples. And if you like it, let us know. And uh, where can they find you, sir? Oh, you know, you can find me on the X at Marshall on Mike's in the metaverse at Marshall on Mike's three. <laughs> um, and how about yourself, sir? Oh, little old me. You can find me on all the things at E Can Talk. So, really, really easy. Twitter, sorry, X. Gonna give it to you. Yeah, that's right. The metaverse, as you said, I like how you put that. That's really good. <laughs> and uh, also, maybe one day we'll get on the, the tickety talkities. I'm not sure. We'll probably leave that up to Mr. At Wavy Carr. Oh, uh, yeah. He, he's, the, he's the TikTok <laughs> expert. And again, man, Carr, we miss you, brother. Love you, brother. To your whole family, man. And to all of you that are listening, we love you. Thank y'all. Peace. Peace.